podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombs Show, Edge Rush. I'm Nat Coombs. He is Prop O, a.k.a. Ollie the producer, a.k.a. the Unders King of Plumpton. Don't say that. What do you mean? Don't, don't say that. I lost, the, I lost the under last week on the... On the oh, drive. did you? I hadn't, when I was giving you that intro, I hadn't made that connection. I hadn't joined those. Oh, games. so you didn't when... Uh, when um, what was it? When uh, the Minnesota Vikings went in, was the Justin Jefferson touchdown yes. in the last 30 seconds of that game mm. when you shouted whilst we were off air on the radio show, that's the undergone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, it's all coming back to me now. Gradually. I mean, you know what these red zone shows are like? They're just a blur. Okay, that bit's coming back. So yeah, how about this? How about this, listeners? It's suddenly game on when it comes to the Drew Lock of the Week. Because I we all square now. All square. We? You've had, you've been on an absolute roll, Nat, to be fair to you. You are you're as hot as anything, except for um when I follow your picks, like mm. the Cincinnati Bengals last week, which the Bengals Did you follow my Steelers pick last night? <laughs> no, funnily enough, I didn't actually follow your. Yeah, I didn't actually follow your Steelers pick last night. They um, almost pulled it off. I mean, that was ex- extraordinary. I coming. had the Vikings in the game, and I don't feel like I won that that bet because yeah. of how dirty it felt, like right near the end. And what I want to, the biggest takeaway from that game, that is, why can't we have fourth quarter, Big Ben? Every single time. He has scored in the last two games, Big Ben has scored 38 points in the the fourth quarter against the Ravens and the Steelers. And I think combined for about 10 in the other six quarters prior to that. Yeah. Is he? I mean, I don't know. I was thinking about this last night. It's one of those games I didn't I didn't plan to stay up for. I fell asleep, woke up and had the audio on for a little bit. I had the audio on and it was whatever it was, 28 zip. But, uh, you know, I thought, okay, well, this one's over. Uh, and then stuck around for a little bit. And then, of course, the the defense started to step up. And, and as you say, Big Ben and the offense started to roll. I don't know. I was thinking about it last night. Whether it is... Vikings. They're, they're well, the Vikings, just... similarly, why are they so good right at the start of games? Their opening drives are often superb. No. And then they just then they just capitulate. But the, on the Big Ben question, I wonder if it is just there is so little left in the tank. He's just got to you know dial it up. Uh, selected places. He just doesn't have it and he knows he's got to reserve it for, I don't know. I can't think of incredible catches by Chase Claypool as well that we have to give credit to Dante Johnson. Mm. Like, I think for the Steelers team, they have two glaring issues, which is their quarterback for the first three quarters Mm. um, and their run defense. I mean, Dalvin Cook, I could have have run for 100 yards last night against Steelers. I'm convinced of that. Some of the holes that were created. 60 60 to 65. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the holes that were created for Dalvin Cook. I mean, he had so much space. It was absolutely insane. Massive credit to him, by the way, for coming back from a dislocated shoulder after nine days. Mm. I mean, what these guys are superhuman. I, I don't care what you say. Like, that is ridiculous. Mate, as we've established, I think Ben and I were joking about it on our preview show, which is available in the vault. Incidentally, as is the Iron Mike review show, uh, College Days, that'll be dropping uh, over the weekend too, where Ben will get you up to speed on the final four. Joking about the Joe Burrow injury and the fact that very similar injury took me out of playing five-a-side for eight or nine weeks, as you were loving to remind me on the show last week. Burrow's back in the game within 30 seconds. (laughs) Max's shoulder up and his back in a week. So yeah, we're different breeds, different levels. Uh, All right. So the just to clarify, the Drew Lock 
Rock, uh, we're even Stevens. Now. We're even Stevens. We're both eight and five. So we're still eight. both well above 500. You've been on a, you've been on a three game winning. So actually, do you know what's mm. funny about it is we were 500 six weeks ago. Mm. Then you went on a three game losing streak and I went on a three game winning streak. Mm. And then it literally has gone vice versa. I've gone on a three losing streak and you've gone on a three winning streak. So say what you want about that. I've gone, I, yeah. I, it, it is funny about it. It feels like you're almost playing in the NFL at this point because it's like, I feel like I'm really under the, I'm really like under pressure to win mm. this one. And you're kind of like, I'm really overthinking it. Whereas before I was kind of just going, yeah, that's the best bet that I like this week. That's what I'm going to go with. Whereas now yes. I'm starting to question myself a little bit. You're starting to double cross. So I'm going with what I would call a safer play this week. Mm, I don't okay. think there is such a thing in this, God, in this industry. I agree. I don't think there is. And I think this is a, this is a tough week. This might give you cause for optimism proper that I am, uh, uh, bummed it out a little bit, although I think I'm, where I've settled now, I'm, I'm happy with where, where I'm at. But it's a great point you make that it much like this season as well. I mean, I think but if we're supposed to get eight and five, we're, you know, we're, we're playoff contenders as far as tipsters go. Right. But we've yeah. now we've got to we've got to follow through now. We're now getting to the serious couple of weeks where it could all go. Hey, if we go on a bit of a tilt and when I say we, I mean, realistically, me <laughs> go on a bit of a tilt and end the season eight and nine, say, I mean, my, I could be on the hot seat. I mean, you might be doing it. I mean, we all might be on there. Yeah, we both, imagine we'd have to replace both of us. That would be, that would be. <laughs> Amazing. Replace both of us with Iron Mike. And yeah, just Iron Mike. By just Iron Mike. <laughs> yeah, just talking to himself. <laughs> be more than happy. That was a podcast we came up with the idea. Iron Mike asking questions to himself. I think it's a great idea. I think we should look seriously look at that as a spe- Oh, by the way. Do you think way, he would argue with himself? Uh, he'd interrupt himself. <laughs> 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 by the way, uh, ben and I were talking on the, on the College Day show, which we've recorded, and it depends when you're listening to this, but it'll drop uh, probably Saturday morning in, in your podcatcher. We were talking about, because of the bowl season, of course, there are loads and loads of big games coming up uh, towards the end of December. We're going to do either a, an Edge Rush College Bowl special or have him join us for an Edge Rush and he can do a college section and he can get involved with other stuff. That could be fun as well. So we're going we're gonna to drop that over the next couple of weeks. Uh, right, so we've got three games this show, of course, once yeah. again, propose prop bets of the week. How did they go last week? Went much better last week. I was a Jamal Chase reception away from going three of three. Ooh. But Russell Wilson easily went over the number. So no, it was, yeah. a, it, was a, it was a solid week in that sense. But yeah, Jamal Chase let me down. And obviously, mm. what was that reception? That reception, oh. I think, is going to... That Audio. drop, which turned into an interception, which I think completely changed that game, is going yeah. to haunt me for a long, long time. But oh, I love him. I, love I, him. I still love him, but that was tough. It was tough. I think he is getting unnecessarily criticised for that. I mean, I think that for me, it's a different to... And Hollywood Brown, we, we love on this show, right? So this isn't a knock on him. But when there's a Hollywood Brown the ball hits you straight in the kisser. I think that's a different kind of drop mm. to, to the Jamar Chase one, which was, just, you know, 99 times out of 100, he catches that is, is, the, is the feeling I get with that. It was just one of those freakish moments. So, well, that's good. The proper bet's rolling. Our Acker, mm, not so yeah. much. No, but I should have, as soon as that, as soon as that report for Big Ben came out that he was going to retire at the end of the yeah. season, I knew that, the stat game, Ravens at home. Big Ben's never losing his last game to the Ravens at home. Like that was never going to happen. I wish I could have. I wish we could have re-recorded Sunday, and I could have just completely changed <laughs> it because I just knew that that was the wrong choice, the wrong choice to go. The with. Moment there are some picks you give, and in the moment you're like, oh, I don't, just don't yeah. quite feel that. As some of our listeners suggest, we should. Well, the best time to listen to Edge Rush is on the Monday after. So if yeah, you're honest, sure. shout out to you at Monday Edge Rush Club. Let's see how wrong we we've been this time. Yeah. <laughs> 
with the Acker of the Week, it's the usual thing. Uh, I will put the Acker together. Ollie can veto a pick in that, or maybe put his alternative Ackers. He did both our Ackers last, last week. So, yeah, it was impressive, uh, actually. Yeah. yeah, impressive. But so we're all, all that's coming, of course, our Drew Locks of the Week, as we said, tied at eight and five. So there's a lot on the table. Let's start with the Chiefs Raiders. Really, really interesting matchup for both sides because the Raiders are playing for their playoff lives, frankly. The Chiefs, quietly, surprisingly, given the amount of criticism they've had, a genuine, I feel, genuine contenders for the number one seed in the, in the AFC. I mean, their record obviously suggests that they are, but I think it's more than that. The lot of emphasis on their defense. You made the point in the deep diving research you put together for our preview show this week, which listeners, I've just got to point out. I mean, I would suggest Ollie must put in uh, uh, 20 hours plus diving into stats and graphs. And that's just for the preview show, let alone for the work he does for edge rush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a decent stat. You wheeled out the KC defense, which we all know is balling right now. and is trending upwards, allowing only 11.2 points per game since they've been on this winning streak, which has started in week eight, of course. They've had two or more takeaways in four straight games. Mm-hmm. They are rolling on defense, relatively speaking. There are still flaws here. You can still run on them, but they are significantly improved. Conversely, they are still enigmatic at best offensively, with the exception of the game against the Raiders four or five weeks ago, right? They absolutely, uh, well, they absolutely flew. They've still been struggling offensively. Some of it is dropped. Some of it is misfiring from Mahomes. But, Nevertheless, there are continuing problems for this Kansas City offense to get into the kind of rhythm we expect. My take on the Chiefs are is that they will, because they're eight and four, because they are in have a decent shot at a high AFC seeding. I I we've talked about this a lot on the show this season, haven't we? I refuse to believe that this offense will continue to splutter to this degree. I, I, it just do, it defies logic when you look at the talent, the coaching. The line was the big issue in the key pivotal games last year. I can't see it continuing to be this disjointed. So I think there is a strong argument to suggest the Chiefs are one of those teams timing this to perfection and they're going to be one of the most dangerous teams in the playoffs. I think that's a, that's a really good point. I think ultimately what a lot of people were raising the questions about them at the start of the season was there's no way that a team with this bad a defense can win the Super Bowl or even get deep in the playoffs. They managed to correct that and they're winning games pretty much on defense alone. We saw that against Denver Broncos last week. I'm not sure they would necessarily won that game despite Teddy Bridgewater being horrendous if it wasn't for that Sorensen pick yeah. six. And Oh, do you know what that reminds me of? You love your football and uh, listeners might not be aware all really well versed in, in football produces a lot of, of football content for for talk sport and it, re- it the chiefs remind me of one of those teams that have that championship mentality as in championship winning mentality that that grind out wins when they're not playing very well you know how many times have we heard that over the years that the difference between a flair team say like a bengal's kind of team a team that is exciting to watch and is in the mix but ultimately doesn't look like they are champions that's the difference here teams that will grind out a, an ugly win will get the win despite playing badly and i and i feel that the chiefs are the maybe the nfl equivalent of that right now 
You think the Kansas City Chiefs are the Sir Alex Ferguson's Man United, basically? It, it, right it, now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which I think is, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. I mean, it's, but that's the way they always did it. Sir Alex Ferguson's Man United would always yeah. win two one away at Wolves, like right, playing Newcastle, really badly. Exactly. But, Newcastle would be smashing in five or six, and then draw that game one all, and exactly. exactly that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it is a good point. I think that does, and also the one thing you also feel like is that they've got to the point where they can win in ways where they don't need to show everyone their hand. Mm. If that can make sense. So if they can continue to win these games with defense and relying on the incredible performances that we've seen from Frank Clark and Chris Jones in recent weeks, right. then they don't necessarily need to utilize the trick plays that Andy Reid has notoriously used throughout the season and all of the different stuff that they have like an incredible stuff that we've seen from the Kansas City Chiefs in, re- in recent seasons as well. Mahomes does not look the same. He definitely isn't playing as well. I think it's the same way that, you know, when if we're going to do another football reference here, mm. do you know when like a, a young up and coming talent comes into the league and they're just, they're fearless. They're absolutely, they haven't experienced the trials and tribulations of professional sport yet where people kind of try and find you out. You go through it like a, a bad patch and it's mentally getting over that. They're just taking players on. They don't care who they are. Like Gareth Bale going against Inter Milan, destroying yeah. Mike on that night in the San Siro. Yeah, but Jared then, Bowen against everyone this season. Jared Bowen exactly against <laughs> everyone this season. I mean, if we're going to do a Stoke City reference, Tyrese Campbell, uh, I've just got to get him now. I mean, Very obviously. But then it's kind of like people have started to find him out a little bit and he's going through his first sort of tough period and he's just working his way through that. I don't think he's not going to come out of it. He will definitely come out of it because he's one of the best talents I've ever seen in professional sport, let alone the NFL. So Mm. I fully expect him to get back to the levels of output that he has been. But it does seem right now that he is having to be reined in a little bit because of the difficulties he's had. I mean, he's averaging, he's never, ever averaged less um, yards per attempt in the NFL this season has been his lowest. He's only had one QB rating over 90 in the last eight games. Wow. Last week, they managed to beat the Broncos, but he threw an inception and threw for under 200 yards. He he didn't look that impressive. And there was I at least one drop in that game. Was I think his receivers are helping. Look, it's, you make a great point. Oh, and that's what I was going to finish with. And the other point is... It, he, I didn't think he would be missing Sammy Watkins or this offense would be missing Sammy Watkins as much as they are. Mm. He doesn't seem to have the receivers to rely on to make the big plays as he has in, in recent years. I mean, McCall Hardman, yeah. we thought McCall Hardman was going to come on leaps and bounds this year and he hasn't really shown up in any way. Like Byron Pringle, if anything, is the third option right now for them. So you look, exactly, you look at, I think in the Broncos game, Kelsey and Hill, I can't remember the exact number in not in front of me, but it was ridiculously low combined yardage, right? So the, the Broncos managed to shut them out. And if you look at this and draw this back to the Raiders game, no Waller last week, maybe no Waller this week, which again will be obviously significant for the Raiders. Renfro steps up and you can apply this to lots and lots of teams in the NFL when you've got your elite, your one and twos that are being either they're out injured or they're, they're neutralized Belichick style by the opposition. Who do you go to next? Where do you go to next? What are the next 10 words to quote the West Wing? And that I think is, is one of the issues with the, the Chiefs, which we've, we've talked a lot about in principle, they should be, the Watkins point is great, but in principle, this unit should be fine. There should be. McCall Harmon should be able to step up in that situation, not be your number one receiver through the season, but should be stepping up in a Cole Beasley kind of fashion, right? And he's not, 
he's not doing that. Here's the here's a positive that I wanted to flag because a player I think is critical to my argument about why I think the Chiefs are going to have a deep playoff run. And it is predicated on he's got to stay fit, which has been the big issue with his NFL career to date. It's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, right? Because I obviously, the lack of a ground game impacts any offense. It doesn't matter how remarkable an offensive brain Andy Reid is and how brilliant Mahomes is and everything else. And I know you can say, well, the Chiefs under Mahomes and Reid never really had a great ground game. That's true, but not to the degree that it has been struggling this year, right? I think he's super, super talented, Edward Talan. I don't think we've seen the best of him. And you combine it with the offensive line, which it's we've got enough of a sample size now to understand how much of an upgrade this is. Yeah. So looking at the numbers, the Chiefs are ranking ninth, the offensive line, ninth in pressure rate, 10th in adjusted line yards, third in yards before contact. So they are getting into a real groove with this line, which will obviously help both sides of the of the game, in, in, including Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and the ground game. So I think they're going to add that dimension in the final third quarter or whatever we are, fifth of the season into the playoffs, which I think is going to be another reason why they will start to roll. I think they're timing it right, Ol. And I look at this matchup, you've got, we mentioned Waller, that's a big issue I know that the counter argument will be because the line is what? Are they 10? Is it double digits? It's gone to 10. So I've seen major movement um, in this game. The over under opened at 52. I managed to get the under at 52. It's been bet down to 47 and a half. Mm. Bet down by nearly five points. And then the line opened with the Chiefs laying nine points at home against the Raiders um, and now has moved to ten and a half points, I think. Ten and a half, wow. Ten and a half, yeah. Which is interesting when you think about it because the Chiefs have been a perennial, I don't need to tell you, they've been a perennial fail failure yeah. of a team to cover the spread. Yeah. Everyone knows that. They win games, but they don't cover the spread. Yeah. And that is a big number. I know they covered a similar one against Denver Broncos on Sunday night football, but the Raiders always play the Kansas City Chiefs close. Mm. And I always think the apart Vegas Raiders three, kind of three weeks ago. Yeah, apart <laughs> from three weeks ago, yeah, the, which was... But that was because it, I, it was so fascinating to see what the Raiders do defensively in this game because mm. effectively what I was been reading is that the Raiders have committed solely to this cover three scheme, which essentially means they're the only team who haven't played this Ben don't break defense against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have basically played what everyone has been playing in the prior seasons, which has allowed Mahomes to create the big plays that he has done so frequently up until this year. So the Raiders are the only team who haven't committed to to that change, like every other team has, and playing mm-hmm. to the and then effectively played to the strengths of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that here. Right. I think people are just done. I think the Raiders only managing to put up what was it, fifteen points against the Washington uh, against the Washington football team at home. I mm. think people have bought out of this Raiders team uh, quite substantially. And that's why I think the money has been coming in on the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think everyone, they don't, you're going up with one of the best defenses in the NFL right now on form. Yeah. And you're going up against uh, a Raiders team, which come out the blocks so slowly. Mm. They don't they don't get firing until later on in the game. Derek Carr has had a great season, a really, really good season, but they've been getting nothing going on the ground game. And they're just, with the interim head coach, I don't think anyone has any faith that this team can genuinely make a playoff push. Mm. I might tease the Chiefs here. It feels a bit too yeah. rich, I like it, but I might tease them down to the six-ish margin, kind of under a touchdown. 
uh, and put him in a two, three team tease with small. Uh, and you like the under there, but now that's dropped. Nah, I don't know. I don't, you know, it's one of those funny ones where it was at what, 48 and a half yesterday. And I was looking at where the money was going and it was like, all the cash on the under, all the cash on the under. Yeah. It was down to 47 and a half. All the cash is on the over. That one point has changed mm. everyone's mind. And to an extent, I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah. I kind of yeah. agree. I think that 47 and a half seems a little bit too low mm. considering that when you've got these two quarterbacks, it's just yeah. like, I thought they could easily win this game. 28-23 in this game yeah. right, 51 points yeah. like I don't think that is out of the question so yeah I would be with you now I think I'd probably tease the Chiefs down but I'm tempted to take the Raiders at 10 and a half mm. I am tempted to take the Raiders at 10 and a half I just think that you the Kansas City Chiefs are not a team that usually blow out teams the only reason they covered the spread last week against the Broncos was because of the mistakes by Teddy Bridgewater which yeah. they, which Derek Carr is just not going to make this week so at 10 and a half I think I like that number with the Raiders Okay, let's talk Carolina Atlanta next. Yeah. Carolina, real disarray. Joe, Bra- uh, Joe Brady's gone. The four guy, really. Uh, Carlson speculated on the show that maybe it was because he was one of the key protagonists in the organization pushing for Sam Darnold. And, and it, but it feels to me that this is a classic throw the coordinator. It's been reported as mm. philosophical differences. Ah, the old North Turner uh, and yeah. Mike Zimmer, philosophical differences. Philosophical well, differences because, and this is what the people are suggesting, um, Joe Brady wanted to pass the ball effectively too much. Hmm. They, this Carolina Panthers organization just wants to run, 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 run the whole time. And I think especially when they brought Cam Newton in, they're going to commit to that even more, which is uh, tipping my hand as to where I'm going on this on this game. Ah, so you think it's going to be a fast game, ground game. You're going to go on the, you're going the under here? I think, I mean, I was tempted, I won't lie to you, I was tempted to take this as my Drew Lock. It was very close mm. to for me to take this as my Drew Lock. I am big on the under here. I think Matt Rule, literally, that is the only thing he wants to do is run the ball at this point. And especially when you've got Cam Newton, who mm. has demonstrated that he is not the passer that he once was and is still learning this offense. But the one thing that he has done is score touchdowns in both games that he's played in mm-hmm. and look good, especially in the red zone with his legs. I know they don't have CMC for the rest of the season, but Chubba Hubbard comes in and he is a great out and out runner. So I think they'll utilize him a lot in this uh, game. And they ran well against Atlanta last time, didn't they, when they beat them? Yeah, exactly. Donald went for, I think Donald had something like 60 yards on eight carries. Mm. They, the Falcons could not stop running QBs. Trevor Lawrence had a huge game against them on the ground. Sam Donald, Tua, Daniel Jones have all run over the Falcons. QBs averaging 7.3 yards per carry against mm. Atlanta. The only team, Nat, uh, the only teams that the Falcons have beaten... They beat the Giants by three. Mm-hmm. Beat Zach Wilson in London. Yeah. They beat Trevor Simeon in one of his poorest performances for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. They just beat the Dolphins just before the Dolphins sort of turned this corner when Tua was coming back from the injury. And they've beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars. As much as we've discussed that I think Matt Ryan has played out of skin this season, I think especially without Calvin Ridley, I mean, managing to throw to Russell Gage for it. 11 receptions last week for 130 yards just demonstrates what Matt Ryan is doing with a depleted offense. And I would love for him to get his Matt Stafford chance, as we already said, Mm. but I don't think this is a Falcons team that you should ever, ever have as only sort of two and a half point underdogs on the road. Mm. 
I think that in terms of value here, I understand everyone thinks the Carolina Panthers are in disarray. I understand that you can think that Joe Brady was the full guy, but at the same time, like I think what, as Mike has said many a time on this show, he said that a team at this point needs to establish an identity. And I think what Matt Rule's doing here is saying that we don't have an identity because there is a conflict of interest within mm-hmm. the organization and especially within the team. And I think what he wants to try and do here is establish that. And there's no better team to establish that against mm. than the Atlanta Falcons, especially considering what the Carolina Panthers can produce on defense, which is they will create a lot of pressure, mm. which won't give Matt Ryan that much time. They will just simply, all they have to do is just take away Cordarrelle Patterson. Yeah, this is I, it. This is, I mean, yeah. he's been unbelievable, of course, yeah. but this is the, the fit. It just feels they're so one dimensional. And I know Gage is a great example. He had a big game, and I know it's, it's more complex than saying, it's like saying, oh, the Titans are all about Derrick Henry. Like, I realize there is more to the Falcons than that. However, it just seems to be that when, when they need a spark, when they need to change the trajectory of a game, just needs something to happen. It's Cora Patterson is front and center. I mean, just he's just unbelievable in terms of galvanizing that offense. So I think if he has an off day, a quiet game, he's neutralized. It is too high risk for me to play Atlanta anymore yeah. this season for that reason. Whereas, and, and I think it, Carolina, because when it's a good point you make on, you can guarantee there are going to be they're going to be leading with the run for all kinds of reasons, right? Because Cam can't appear to throw it anyway. So looking at that aspect of the game and looking at maybe Hubbard prop yards and, you know, Cam rushing touchdown, those kind of bets around as opposed to taking either team here. But if you are going to, Go either way. I, I'm with you. I'd go Carolina. I, I, I'd take Carolina. I think Carolina take, Carolina under a field goal every mm. day of the week. Yeah, yeah, the there is value there. And I'm playing yeah. the number. I think there is a good chance that the Carolina Panthers win this game by mm. a field goal. Yeah. Ultimately. And I think it'll be a close game. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. I, I mean, the only thing is the Falcons get no pass rush whatsoever which means that Cam Newton is going to have a lot of time and I think if there's a if you have a quarterback who is a little bit iffy at this point who doesn't quite um, isn't quite as established necessarily in the offense that he's running as as others are then I think the one thing that you don't want to do is give them time and I think if Cam Newton has time that's when he can probably exploit this Atlanta Falcons team whether it be with his legs or for check downs to Chubba Hubbard even utilize DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson a bit in this game so that's why I'm leaning towards the Carolina uh, Carolina Panthers for this game but the under I think they're just going to run all over the Falcons and I don't see the Falcons being able to put up too many points against this Carolina Panthers defense they have the second best pass rush in the league statistically the Carolina Panthers and the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is trash like it's Mm. straight trash so it means Matt Ryan is going to be under a lot of stress all game he won't have much time I don't think they're going to be able to establish the ground game that well the Panthers have a better defense than I think people give them credit for although that Mm. as a drum I have been banging on the show a lot and it hasn't really come to fruition that many times but I think that's when they're going up against slightly better teams in this Atlanta Falcons side I just I just want to see Matt Ryan somewhere else like I just and I guess Calvin Ridley's coming back next year but it just doesn't feel like an organization that is going anywhere I it's certainly not for a while. And I yeah, exactly. I think it's time to move on. Matt Ryan landing is, is we've suggested in a, a Pittsburgh kind of spot would be interesting. Incidentally, that's what I wrote about for the times this week. I pushed that out on our channels at the NC show about Ben Roethlisberger inevitably hanging him up and the succession plan or lack of the succession plan. Maybe 
even though he is uh, going down swigging as we expected Ben would, maybe it's a year too late because the uh, free agency market, the draft class, very different going into next year than it was going into this year as well. So given it's an organization that loves continuity, it'd be really interesting to see what the, the Steelers do. Anyway, go check that out if you've got five minutes. Right, Washington-Dallas, our next game. Washington off the back of four straight wins, of course. Incredible given we thought their season was done when Chase Young and Montez Sweat for a while were, were down. Taylor Heineke is officially one of our favorite players in the NFL. He's yeah. completed 70% of his passes in, in, in those wins. The crux for me here is whether you are off the Cowboys because the ground game has fallen away. I was looking into the numbers a bit more on this, all because the Dallas, or rather the Washington Rundy, is mightily impressive despite those injuries. In those four wins, hmm. only one of those games have they allowed more than 100 rushing yards. So three of the four, they have not allowed more than 100 yards, or rather they have allowed less than 100 yards. Dallas, conversely, has fewer than 100 rushing yards in two of its last three. Mm-hmm. So what, what's going on? Obviously, the Elliott injury is key. Looking at the numbers here, and he was talking today, well, this week, I should say, about the MRI scan, and he's not going to sit out, and he's feeling better, and it's, but his knee is, is causing him issues. The first six games of the season, Elliott was averaging just shy of 87 rushing yards per game, five, 5.11 per attempt, and five rushing touchdowns in that span in the first six games, and he was running hard. He's averaged fewer than half as many yards per game as he did during his first six games. So he's down from that 86.8 to 40.6. So, I mean, he's literally productively been cut more than half. And he's talked about the Cowboys coaching team limiting his touches because of the knee injury. Now, I know you're a big fan of Tony Pollard and as am I. But that tag team, I think, was particularly dynamic because they're different runners and how they were being used. So I don't think it's as automatic as well. If we give Zeke less and slot Pollard in there, it's not necessarily that simple. So that is why. Here's why I like the Cowboys in this game. Mm-hmm. I The break for the Cowboys, 10 days, they played Thursday night football, of course. Mm-hmm. They've, they've had a good chunk of rest. And I think, from what we're understanding, that Zeke, particularly because of that rest, but because the injury is getting better and they've been managing him carefully in terms of how many touches they've been giving him, I think we'll start to step up again. And I feel that this is a spot because everybody's hyped up on Washington, hyped up on their run D down on the Dallas ground game because of that. I think the ground game is going to have a bounce back game for Dallas. And I like the Cowboys in this spot. Um, we're we're agreeing too much this week, I think. Oh, it's, getting, no. it's, getting, it's getting a little bit... I honestly couldn't have put it any better myself than what you just said. That is exactly my point. I've literally got majority of that written down. In just front to check, because we haven't compared notes. Yeah. This is my... I'm going to tip my hat and times against us. This is my Drew Lock of the Week. Is it? Yeah. No, it's not my Drew Lock okay, of the Week. All right, it's all not right. my Drew Lock of the Week. But that is fair enough. Interesting. I mean, I. but you put it exactly right. Like... Funnily enough, I and this is rare that I would ever do this. Mm. There is no way that the value is all on Washington here, mm-hmm. for sure. Like the value is on Washington. They're at home. They're getting over a field goal in terms of points. Dallas have been on the worst run of their season. Washington yeah. have been on the best run of their season. I mean, 
The, the Washington defense has not allowed more than 21 points in any of their last five games. Mm. Taylor Heineke has completed over 77% of his passes during this stretch. Antonio Gibson has 358 rushing yards and three total <sighs> touchdowns on their win streak. They have been very, very impressive over this stretch. But at the same time, you feel like that correction is always going to come. Like, I don't think they mm. are a team that can produce this consistency. Exactly. Week in, week out. Whereas the Dallas Cowboys are a team, despite having a, a relatively comfortable lead in the NFC East, are a team that feel like they have something to prove. They were out gained, they were out yardaged, if that's a phrase. I like by, it. Yeah, yeah. They were out offensive yardage by the New Orleans Saints, the Taysom Hill-led New Orleans Saints last week. They were lucky to come away with that win. And they still have the number two scoring offense in the NFL, averaging 29.5 points per game. They have one of the best against the spread records in the league. It feels like a classic correction spot where we come back and we see the Cowboys are back to where they were at the beginning of the season, Dak's back. Yeah. They exploit this passing defense, which has undoubtedly been much, much better in recent weeks, but I don't think they've seen a receiving core that includes Michael Gallup as the third piece who has made one of the best catches I've seen all season last week right. against the New Orleans Saints. We've got like CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, even Dalton Schultz. Yeah. It's going to be a long day for that passing defense for the Washington football team. And at the same time, and I think Demarcus Lawrence is going to have a huge yeah. game yeah. for the defensive line. He's coming up against the Washington football team's right tackle, Cornelius Lucas, who has struggled all season as well. So I think the defense is going to ball. Don't even get me started on Micah, Pars Micah Parsons, mm -hmm. what a player he is. So Nat, f fully with you, and I back your Drew Lock of the Week. I The Love value's it. on Washington, for mm -hmm. sure, because of just what we've seen in the past four weeks. But that makes me think that this is going to be a correction spot for both of these teams. And we're going to see the Dallas, the best of the Dallas Cowboys and some of the worst of the Washington football team. Perfect summary. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So just to clarify, listeners, because the line at the time of recording, this is four, right? So four and I'm a taking... half has gone up to now. Oh, what, since we've been recording? <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I guess it's just different well, do... cookies, isn't it? But no, I've seen four and a half. Okay, all right. Well, I would I would take it at four and a half as well. So yeah. uh, I've... I, I, uh, lined it at four. What are we saying for the official draw? Yeah, four and a half. It has. God, it has moved. Um, okay, well, I'm happy to, to call it officially four and a half then if that's what we're saying when we're looking at recording for my Drew Lock of the Week. Uh, four and a half Cowboys. That is my Drew Lock of the Week. Do you want Mike? Should we just do Should we break the running? Should, now you've given it. Should you join me to give you my... my Let's do it. What is it? I'm actually really interested to get your opinion on this because I'm in a rut. So I'm currently in a situation where I feel like a little bit insecure about my picks. And, you shouldn't uh, know. You don't let it get in your head. I didn't let it get in my head. I didn't. No, I'm sure a little bit of it. Maybe a no, very little bit of it. No, no, no. What do you do when you're in doubt? Bet against the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I love this because... Okay, carry on. Carry on. Uh, do you really? So I'm going on the Saints minus five. I... I so as listeners will know, I write for Squawker and I, I basically write... You have not picked the Jets. Listen, I write a column for Squawker and then they asked me to do game picks as well, which uh, I guess I've had... I have actually totted up the numbers and it's been a mad season as we know, right? But I, I've been kind of what holding... What is your reasoning for thinking the Jets are going to win this game? I know that the... Well, my reasoning is... Uh, look, there's a lot of asterisks more than one asterisk i'm going multiple plural asterisks so alvin kamara expect back. back yeah He's so back. when it wasn't clear when i was making these picks right and i did caveat it with well if, if kamara's back this changes the complexion but i i feel that the jets defense is playing hard if it is under 
resourced in terms of talent. I think there are certain spots that, as that we have seen with the Lions, that Salah will get the Jets playing. Taysom Hill was horrific last week. I, you've got to believe that at some point the Jets will be able to get something. They had moments actually with Zach. Zach Wilson had some good moments last week as well. Uh, the, they will be able to get a cohesive offense moving. Now I know the Saints defense, and this is the counter argument, and it's a ridiculous. It's it's a clearly a long shot roll of the dice punt, but. I know that the logic is, well, look at the Saints. Their defense is, Zach Wilson's going to be eaten up for breakfast and it's it's going to be horrendous, irrespective of what you think the Saints offense is going to do or not do with, with Taysom Hill at quarterback. But I am not totally convinced that the Jets aren't due. Uh, 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 at most seasons, most bad mm-hmm. teams have a couple of up picks. And I, it feels as though the way the Saints are, where they are right now, the trajectory they're in, I feel that this could be one of those games where Salah gets them up, the defense stifles them. They don't have any alternatives because they're so depleted offensively. Although Kamara, as I said, right at the top is the is the maybe the defining factor. So it wasn't a strong long shot, but it was, uh, oh, if you want to roll a dice, take the long shot. I think I completely agree with you that the New York Jets are a team that will get the odd surprise win, and especially with a coach like Robert Saleh, who will be able right. to motivate his players to get up despite their terrible record, despite them being completely out of the playoff picture. But I think the only my only thing that I think you're missing this week is that the Saints are in a, a win or bust mode. Like there's people saying there's people in the New Orleans camp saying that they should tank. Sean Payton is not mm. the kind of coach that's going to tank. He's the same. He's cut from the same cloth as Mike Tomlin. Those are two coaches who are going to fight. And considering the run that the Saints have been on in recent weeks, mm. they pulled out all of the tricks. They should have beaten the Cowboys last week if it wasn't for those interceptions and those turnovers. The defense absolutely balled despite being banged up. They were banged up on the offensive line and still managed to get the ground game going. And that's all without Avon Kamara. So mm. I think what people are missing is the fact that Sean Payton is still one of the best coaches in the NFL. True. And when you're going up against a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach I'm taking Sean Payton every day of the week and that's only emphasised by the fact that the Jets have been absolutely horrendous at stopping the run uh, Run. they are 30th in run defence DVOA and sit 28th in expected points allowed per rush mm. you've got Kamara you've got Taysom Hill I mean the Jets got rolled by Philadelphia last Sunday the Eagles picked up 185 yards on 41 carries and that was without Jalen Hurts the Saints have a better offensive line than the Philadelphia Eagles so they're going to win the battle up front there and I thought the Saints defence was brilliant against the Cowboys last week so I just don't see a way that the New York Jets cover this five-point spread. I don't think, I think this game is going to be low scoring. I agree with you. I think the defense might ball for the Jets as well. I can't see the Saints being free scoring. But what I can see is them putting up at 20 points and keeping the Jets to about 10. Mm. That's the way yeah, I can't see Yeah, game, yeah, though. yeah. That's a very fair point. Um, and look, I know this as well. They're going to surely going to pick off Zach Wilson a couple of times. I just, I don't know. Zach, uh, he showed, I haven't watched the game in full, I should point out to listeners, the Jets game last week. Although of what we were obviously watching on Red Zone, I watched highlights of it. Zach Wilson just seemed to have one of his, one of his stronger, stronger performances. And they it's still maybe, got, they still got destroyed by the Eagles. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, for reasons you've outlined as well, the Eagles ran for 7,000 yards as usual. Yeah, exactly. But my only fear is I like you're it. usually I- pretty good at calling these weird 
completely unjustified underdogs. So that's kind of scary. Well, you know, but I also, I think what, what was my, my worst pick of the season that you suggested might be one of the worst picks in the history of sports gambling. The Lions Jags double. Yeah. Did you have like a one acre, which lost by a combined like 50, 60 points? <laughs> yeah. It was the Lions Jags double. Um, <laughs> I mean, even saying those two words, the Lions Jags double, it just, it just sounds so wrong. <laughs> well, it brings us nicely to the edge rush acker of the week. Uh, and then we'll get uh, your prop bets all to end on and of course you can veto the acker and uh, and it's just a, just to be clear sorry just to lock in the drew lock of the week so you were going saints, going saints minus minus five. five okay saints the new orleans saints minus five to beat the new york jets okay all right i think you'll be fine i think you know my uh my jets roll of the dice is very much that right the edge rush acker though we are hoping much like our drew locks comes in as a solid bet all right so Remember, Propo has the veto if he wants it. He can change one of these picks or even, or alternatively throw his suggestion for the Ol... Uh, Ol? <laughs> Propo. The Ol? The Ol the producer, uh, Aka. So I'm going Titans over Jags. Yeah. Jags Slightly Jags, by the way. Can we just say, can I just get in quick? I want to get his point in that just shoehorn it in. Yeah. The utilization of James Robinson by Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer is one of the biggest... Issues, the, the issues. Yeah. It's just horrendous what he is doing with James yeah. Robinson. Every time he fumbles the ball, he takes him out for twenty snaps. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an absolute yeah, yeah, joke. Yeah. Like Urban Meyer, just leave yeah. the NFL. Exactly. Vrabel over Meyer every time. You know all of this. Well, I was writing actually about the Titans this week. If we're talking about the Chiefs going on a run at the right time, I still feel the Titans oh, are wow. super bowl contenders. You, you made this point in the notes for our yeah. review show, right? And our preview show, I should say. And yeah, I, you look at the timing of that with the. Uh, Diana Rossini report that Henry will be back. AJ, slightly longer. Julio might be back this weekend for the Jags game. Their defense yeah. is rolling. I mean, it's not yeah. widely dissimilar to the, the Chiefs situation. So yeah, the Titans, don't sleep on them for a deep run. Anyway, Titans over Jags, Chiefs over Raiders. Yeah. Uh, I think the if even if we're not certain they're going to cover that 10 and a half. And I'll, I hate to do this to you, bud, but I'm going 49ers over yeah. Bengals. The 49ers was nearly my, my Drew Lock of the Week. Oh, really? Okay, yeah. well, that's good. So you're like... We're banged up. We are horrendous. The Cincinnati Bengals are as banged up as we've been all mm-hmm. season, I think. And I just don't think that you can expect Joe Burrow to have the same kind of production that he's had without a dislocated finger. No. Joe T. Higgins hasn't been practicing all week. Joe Mixon hasn't really been practicing all week. It still doesn't look like our offensive line is going to be back to top shape. Yeah. We're missing two of our best defenders in Shadobia Woozy and Logan Wilson. I mean, honestly, if it, if it wasn't, I, the San Francisco 49ers were close to my Drew Lock of the Week. For yeah, sure. all right. That's good news then. So uh, taking them straight up. So the 49ers, Chiefs, Titans, the Edge Rush Hacker, it's pretty, pretty decent odds to those three as well. I think it is. Yeah, because the 49ers is only minus one and a half at this point. It's been better yeah. down the Bengals were the favourites when it started, but it's been bet into minus one and a half. So that should be that should be pretty decent odds. No, I think I honestly yeah. wouldn't have gone something to I said, because obviously what you do with an Acker is you put two of their favorite the two favourites you like the most, and then one of the closer games, you whack in there the team that you like on either side. And the 49ers, in terms of the games that are close in terms of the market, I think are my strongest play. So I'm with you 100 percent Love that. All right. We're in agreement. You're right. This is worrying, listeners. This could either be a... Why are we agreeing so much this week? I was about to say, yeah, it's kind (laughs) of scary. It's kind of scary. Watch the Jets win. Um, Jets (laughs) win. Watch the Falcons crush the Panthers. Everything goes horribly wrong. Apart from your prop bets, though, because your prop bets are always reliable. Two out of three last week. Let's go for the three out of three, 100%. What are you looking at? 
So I'm starting with a man that I don't think necessarily many people know the name of, but I think they should because I think he's he's a bigger piece for the Seattle Seahawks than um, is kind of understood as Freddie Swain. I love Freddie mm. Swain now. Russell Wilson comfortably went over the number I needed for him last week in terms of passing yards. And I think Freddie Swain is a target that he likes more than the market suggests. 18 yards against the Niners, 32 against Washington. Swain is the deep threat they go to when Lockett and Metcalf are covered. And with those two either side of him, he should find enough space for us to find him. This number is simply too low. Over 13 and a half receiving yards. Buy low on Freddie Swain for sure. Speaking of buying low, buy low now sell high I am buying low on Terry McLaurin he mm. was pretty much held in check against Vegas um, only 17 yards and uh, Taylor Heineke was actually only held to 196 yards passing on 30 attempts by them completely I don't think mm. that's necessarily going to happen one of the best matchups of the week in terms of cornerbacks and wide receivers is what we're going to see mm. is McLaurin going against Diggs mm. and as much as Diggs is excellent at turning over the ball he actually has been really poor at covering his man I think yep. he, in terms of wide receivers have actually feasted usually when they're going up against him and I think that's because he's trying to make the p- big yeah, play the playmaker yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly which I mean with Terry going up against him I think Terry is going to have a big game and I think that if they're going to have any success they are going to need Terry to have a big game in this one mm. so I like Terry McLaurin to go over 63 and a half yards and then the last one all the phrases are coming out today now when the lights are bright yeah the stars will shine stars now stars shine the stars <laughs> shine and who is a star in this Buffalo Bills team Stefan Diggs <laughs> Stefan Diggs is a star Stefan Diggs is a star and the lights will be bright against the Bucks. So the Stefan Diggs will shine. I think he's going to go over six and a half receptions. They were embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Diggs had to simply watch it happen because it just wasn't a game where you were going to get past the ball much considering what the conditions were. Sunday's match. There was one, that was was a great shout. There was one completion in that game. I was watching the highlights back last night, actually. And there was one, the one to the left touchline Alan threw to Diggs about as about 25 yards through an absolute bullet into the wind. Do you remember that? Do you remember that throw? Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Unbelievable throw. Yeah, exactly. And catch. So the I love that. Where just let's end on that. Great stuff, by the way. Prop post prop bets of the week. Get on over over. six and a half receptions, Stefan. Over six and a half receptions. Sorry, I yeah. crashed into you there. Uh, yeah, over six and a half receptions. There you go. I like that. Like that a lot. Where are you on the very quickly on the box bills? I think I'm the well, I think I'm taking the Bills. I see my the Bucks our Bucks were gonna be my backup Drew Lock of the Week. Really? Why? Yeah. Why? I now a good point. I think that the <laughs> I, don't, easy, I didn't make <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> the, the, the Patriots game is really interesting. Freak game. Totally freak game. And yeah. watching it back again. And admittedly, I didn't watch every single down back. I was watching extended highlights of it. There were it, it's one of those like, single three broke off quite a decent run. Allen had a couple of good bullets. It wasn't as if there were, this was a completely anemic Bills performance. Allen scrambled us. Oh, they kept Allen really in check. Well, not, ex- not exclusively. I, I, so I get the idea that the Bills are on a tilt, scrapping for their, maybe not playoff lives, but certainly a serious seed. You know, if they lose this, they're, yeah. in, they're in real danger of, of, of wildcarding it out, particularly with the loss to the Patriots. And this is a better team than everybody's suggesting because of the last couple of weeks. Are you Bills or Bucks? But a Bucks. Nevertheless, I think I think oh. the Bucks are right now. 
the, the best team in football. They're playing the best football. I do. I really do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm the Bucks are my clear favorites for the Super Bowl at the moment. The, I think my, I would agree with that. Mm, actually, I don't know if I do agree with that. It depends how they get fit. If it depends if they, they are, but they are so they're banged second. up right now. The, the Bucks. Well, no, just in terms of passing defense. I mean, Russell Gage was, was uh, had had 130 yards on them last week. They can't really stop the pass. That's my that's my. Issue. But they get but they but they they get they're re upping now in the secondaries, getting getting better. Right? So it's get, exactly as if they do get fit. Do you know who my best team in the Super uh, the, my my pick for the Super Bowl are? Mm, tell me, Green Bay Packers. Nah, I we talked a bit about the Packers on the show with Ben, and I. I don't know. I, funnily enough, I'm getting the train to Manchester today to do the Sky Sports game later, right? BBL. Uh, check it out. 7 p.m. every Friday night, Friday night basketball. And I just before we start recording the show, I thought, you know, I'm going to do rock and roll kid that I am. I'm going to spend the majority of that train journey really drilling into the Packers a bit more because I feel like I don't fully... I don't have a position on him yet. So it's really interesting you say that. I don't know. I mean, the, all the obvious things, they've got unbelievable playmakers. Your point about the playoffs, you, I will always back the old school vet that's been there, done it, coach similarly. So your point about Peyton, same thing. I would, and the Saints actually I would always look at the Breeze-Peyton connection. But these are quite, they're, they're solid points, but I don't feel like I don't know enough. Like For example, Beyond Devontae Adams, all I know is Rogers hits Devontae Adams 72 times more than any other receiver, right? Mm-hmm. But, but what are those other receivers really doing? I know what the numbers say, but I want to look at some more film and really understand like where's Valdez Scantling? Where, you know, where are where is this team? I, I don't feel I know. And uh, the, the offensive line is an issue now, but is what's the back to Yari situation? Is he he's back? They've look at their record and they haven't had two of the best players in the NFL in Jer Alexander and David yeah. Bakhtiari. Bakhtiari yeah. is coming back in the coming weeks, not this week, but I think he'll be next back week. for the playoffs. Okay. And yeah, and Jer Alexander's back this week and they've yeah. still managed to beat like my, the two wins that make me think that this Green Bay Packers team is ready for the Super Bowl yeah. is when they beat the Arizona Cardinals without Devontae Adams and mm. when they beat the LA Rams completely banged up with a completely mm. reshaped defensive line going up against Aaron Donald and Von Miller and they still found a way to mm. win these two games, which are ultimately, I think, two games they could face in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that you would hope that they have more of their players and more of their pieces at their helm when they go into the playoffs against these two teams. And with that going against what people are saying is the most complete team in the NFL, the Arizona Cardinals, they mm-hmm. still managed to beat them. And the LA Rams, who were coming, who really needed to win that game, it was a statement game for them. Yeah. And the Green Bay Packers, I mean, Matt LaFleur just outcoached Sean McVay straight up. Mm. And I think that's where I find the Green Bay Packers as I think that they can win in the exact same way that you said about the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Green Bay Packers are that exact team in the NFC. I think they're that team where they don't need to rely on Devontae Adams to go for 150 yards and two touchdowns for Aaron Rodgers to light up this game like he's had to for the Mm. past 10 years for the Green Bay Packers to win games. They can win defensively. Rashawn Gary in the defensive line has been absolutely sensational. They're going to get one of the best cornerbacks in the league back. David Bakhtiari is coming back, what the best left tackle in the NFL, which mm. is only going to give Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, more, more opportunity on the ground, Aaron Rodgers, mm. more time in the pocket, which all sounds great to me going down a playoff stretch. So mm. I don't think, I think when you look at the, what the Green Bay Packers have done this season, if you completely, if you take away the freak loss to the Vikings, which was a freak mm-hmm. loss, they shouldn't yeah. have lost that game. Yeah, yeah. And then you take away what happened in week one, which again, you can't really 
say that game has any reflection on no. what we've seen on this Green Bay Packers team. I think you could easily see this team being unbeaten this season. And that's without two of the best players in the NFL. Mm. So when they get those two back, I expect this team to like even get even, even better. Yeah, it's a good argument. I'll, well, I'm I, I'm going to bear all those points in mind when I do a bit of a deep dive. And you know what would be quite fun? I think maybe when we get to the end of week 17, of course, that might be more straightforward because we know the seedings and therefore know where the road to the Super Bowl runs through. But I wonder whether what we should do is put an extra spicy head-to-head bet on with when we know the playoff picture, we pick our Super Bowl, we pick our Super Bowl winners. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think I'm going, I'm going with the last dance. You're going with the Packers now. Yeah, I would be. You see, I am the, at the moment. I Last would dance, baby. I would be comfortable with narrowing it down to the Bucks or the Chiefs. I think. Yeah, I know, but I want to study that. <laughs> you mean the Chiefs is wildly controversial? Yeah. The only, uh, yeah, I know, but what ninety-eight percent of picks for the Super Bowl? What week one? I'm not saying it's going to be Chiefs. I'm not saying it's going to be a Bucks Chiefs Super Bowl. I'm saying to win the whole thing. But yeah, week one exactly. But week by by week seven, oh, the Chiefs are not going to make the playoffs. I heard everywhere, ridiculous. No, it's true. I mean, I think I would put it down to the Bucks, the Packers, the Chiefs, and Patriots. The Patriots. It's crazy, isn't it? But you just, it, the, and it's not necessarily to do with, I don't even think about Mac Jones. I just think about this defense, Bill Belichick. I don't know. They're, yeah. just, they're just the Patriots, that team that they just seem to, you would you just could never count them out in any game. And it's yeah. playoffs. You've got Bill Belichick. You're just going to back him week in, week out, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, yeah. it's high, how, how high the seed they get. If they can roll it. Uh, you know what my ridiculous hot take was that you <laughs> would have made you laugh? And I started really thinking about looking at this until... Uh, until common sense prevailed, and in particular, I looked at their, their their schedule as well, which is there's no way this could happen. But I thought the way the Bills are losing games right now and playing, and I think, like I said earlier, I think they're going to lose the Bucks as well. Could the Dolphins pit them for the playoffs? That's <laughs> what I was asking myself. But yeah, their schedule the schedule means that's a ridiculous take, uh, even even by my standards. Uh, all right, brilliant stuff. Go and check out our vault. We've got me and I, Mike, uh, me and Ben. College days drops depending on when you're listening to this Saturday morning, I think we're planning to drop that also. Yeah. It uh, could well be already in the pod vault by the time you get there at the NC show, as usual, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, still no TikTok. Uh, working on that for, for next season on? Uh, I don't know. Maybe like a couple of years time. <laughs> okay. When TikTok's jumped the shark and the, <laughs> yeah. the crazy kids are onto something else. All right. Well, anyway, we've got lots of other stuff rolling on our socials to so go and get involved with that. And finally, Last but not least, if you have got 30 seconds a minute, leave us a review on the pod platform you listen to us on. It massively helps us with our algorithm, apparently, uh, with our sponsors, spreading the word, all of that good stuff. Because we're putting out three or four episodes each and every week for free to download for your listening pleasure. So help us out a little bit. Uh, play the long game. We would massively appreciate it. And most importantly, it puts a smile on Propo's face. And what's not to love about that? Uh, great stuff, Al. I will see you Sunday. We're live in the studio at TalkSport 2, 5 o'clock. Yeah, we're there to watch the Jets beat the Saints. Yeah, baby. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Go Jets. Uh, we'll see you then. Join us 5 o'clock live TalkSport for our Red Zone show. And we are back Monday with Iron Mike. So check us then. Bye for now. Podcast Network.